Well, I really appreciate all of your um, interest and the fact that you are uh, trying all of this stuff with an open heart and an open mind. That's a huge thing that I want you to walk away with from here is A, that you keep repeating the word breed because it solves so many things and creates connections from disconnections and allows people to be truly integrated and whole. And um, that word breed really allows people to be aligned in their truth and to be their best selves. But I also want you to walk away with um, something that I always say to myself in the morning after my personal meditation is that in thought, speech, and action, may the merits of my practice um, benefit all beings with kindness. But most importantly, with kindness not just for everyone I come in contact with, but kindness for myself, right? Because we can be our worst um, enemies. And when you do caring work like this and, and really put yourself out there and really open your heart a lot for people, you have to remember, just like the Dalai Lama says, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. So what we are selling, what we're offering for the kindness that we're giving others, we have to also fill our own cups or else we won't be good as we go out in service of others. Breathe. We're done. Okay. So as we keep going on with all of our fun stuff to do today, we have left off with crescent lunge and working with a little bit of a movement practice and our fun downward facing um, dog against the table. And now our bellies are nice and full. <laughs> so we are going to move slowly and be really good to ourselves. If anybody needs to um, not practice, once again, that's a sign of kindness to yourself and I will be your performance artist. Okay? Uh, one of the things it, that we can do um, to wake ourselves up, if you would like to join me, which I really like to do. Now this is, I like to do a lot of times standing up, where you take and you um, keep your arms nice and straight out. With little kids often we call this the zombie pose, <laughs> right? But as adults, we're just trying to integrate the right and left hemispheres of our brain. Yoga, as it also is the art and science of the body-mind connection, it is this beautiful physical discipline that is a sensory integration practice to create balance in an, a very imbalanced state, right? We're always working with these opposing forces in life. And when we take and reach our hands forward like this and we're standing up, take, and I'll mirror what you're doing, take your left hand and tap your right knee. And now take your right hand and tap your left knee. Good, and now we're gonna march in place just going opposite hand, opposite knee. Kind of like the can-can. We just don't have the music. But this is a great way if you feel like, oh, I just ate, now I'm in like my creative, more relaxed brain. This will kind of wake up the body and integrate
Exhale, arms relax down. Now inhale, and I'll mirror what you're doing. Bring your right foot towards the right side of your chair. It, bless you. If you need to, hold on to the side rails of your chair. And on your exhale, reach your left leg back. Oh, yummy stretch. Inhale, your left arm up. Exhale, the arm comes down. Inhale, come back to center. Exhale, give yourself a break for a second. Inhale, reach high. Exhale, fold halfway. Inhale, reach high. Exhale, hands to your chair again. So the left hand goes to the chair, and the left foot steps forward, right foot reaches back, and your right arm reaches high on your inhale. Exhale, relax the hand down, face back forward, bring your feet together. Inhale, arms go high. Exhale, chest parallel, arms reach back. Inhale, arms go high. Exhale, arms come down. Awesome. So a lot of yogis believe that if you can't practice a full practice, like take an hour out of your day to practice, uh, or go to a facility or watch a video online, you could do five of those, and that's considered a full practice. And in the back of your training manuals, it set all kinds of different sequence and different breakdowns of things. And one of the things is for your residents is to do three of those and you've done a full practice. And then you can have like a opening body scan and a closing visualization where you listen to nice relaxing music and you've done a whole class. Pretty easy, yeah? Okay, let's go a little bit further into the manual and we're gonna do some stuff standing up. Remember, if you don't feel like it, please don't make yourself do that, okay? So I am going to have this chair in front of me, but I'm going to stand in the same side that you're on so that we're in a nice, comfortable position. A separate leg stretching, forward fold pose, facing to the right side of the room. Take your um, right hand to your hip. Keep your right foot where it is. Tap the left foot lightly. Step the left foot back. Good, both legs are straight. Now, you can just stay right here, or you can fold halfway. If you're folding halfway, this is really awesome. If you feel comfortable and wanna go a little bit further, you can fold even further forward. More for an able-bodied class. Inhale, lift your chest back up. Exhale, step the left foot to greet the right. And now let's turn to face the other way. Now the um, right hand is to the chair, left hand to your hip. Step your, lightly tap the left toes and then step the foot back. Inhale, lift your heart nice and high. And exhale, just fold halfway. If that feels good and both feet are firmly planted on the ground, go a little bit further into your fold. 
hang down like a heavy weight. And bring your body back up. Step the left foot forward. Good. Stomp out your legs and facing forward. All right. So some of you are saying how good that seated hip uh, pigeon felt. So you can do a figure four standing using the chair as a prop. Let's take and face the right side of the room. Bring your right toes lightly off the ground and take them on top of the left uh, leg so that the right ankle is on top of the left and knee. And on your exhale, just sit your buns back. Oh, be careful. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good O or a bad O. And lift your heart back up, lower your foot back down, and relax it out. And we'll go to the other side, right hand to the chair, facing the left side of the room. Left knee lightly comes up, place the foot on top of the right knee, and then gently squat down to get a good stretch through your IT band, your hip, your knee. Flex the left foot so that you really protect the knee joint and lift your chest back up, release the foot back down, stomp it out. Good, everybody's good? Awesome. You can do dancer's pose standing where you reach your right, if you're facing the right side of the room and you reach your right foot back and place it into your hand. But we're gonna do something seated which is a little bit more um, gentle. Uh, so that you don't have to pull the full weight onto one of your legs. So we'll wait for that one. But let's find an extended side angle stretch, okay? So I'm going to face you so that you are going to stay in the direction that you're in. I'm going to take and bring as if I have my right hand to the chair, okay? Uh, but you're going to face that way, so I'm going to mirror you. So Step your... Um, Step your right foot back. Good. Place your um, left knee into a little bit of a lunge. Good, you feel okay? Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna reach our right arm back and this is called a warrior one. Okay, so the left hand's to the chair, your right arm reaches back, left foot's firmly planted. Now if this feels good, you are going to take and real calmly place your right elbow to the left thigh. And you are doing an extended side angle twist as you look up over the left shoulder. Everybody okay? And then reach your right arm up and step the left foot to right foot to greet the left. Face the other direction. Step the left foot back as your right knee bends. Reach the left arm back, and you're in a variation of warrior two. With your exhale, take your left elbow outside or on top of your right leg, and look up over your right shoulder. So now we just created more space so we can eat that key lime pie. And then open back up and step your left foot to meet the right. Look forward and stomp out your legs. 
twisted prop, and then we'll release the foot down. So many people get hip height. How many people carry a purse or a backpack? How many people carry groceries? How many people carry a kid sometimes? How many people have to carry some of the residents sometimes and bear most of the weight, right? Yeah. So what happens is you get uneven in your hips. So that pose that we just did is a really great way to get your hip flexors to release so that your hips come back into balance. Okay? Um, this one I won't make all of you do, but this is a pigeon where you're using the chair. So you face the chair and you bring your foot up on the chair so that your shin is on the chair and then you put the other leg back. up there are only about six moves in any type of yoga practice it's just that you might be standing you might be laying on the ground you might be sideways or you might be on one hand or the other but every single pose that we do comes from Tadasana and Tadasana means mountain pose right so you're strong like a mountain your heart is as fluid as an ocean and your, there's space in your mind like a blue sky. You hear the little violin? Yeah. Okay, but um, the idea of Tadasana is really, really important. So no one move, okay? Look at how your friend is sitting. Right? <laughs> Usually I'm sitting down when I'm sitting with people and I have like my leg crossed, I have my arms crossed, and I have that like um, RBF face. Right? You know what that one means? No? Oh. <laughs> right? Okay, or you're sitting and your legs are really open and your like, tongue is sticking out and your shoulders are forward and your back is really rounded, right? Everything is about alignment, right? Being aligned in our truth. Firmly rooted, but growing tall to bear fruit. 
And that is really huge whether we're doing any of the standing poses or whether we're doing any of the seated poses. All of those different versions of down dog were trying to do the same thing. They were trying to get us to be in alignment. Feet underneath knees, knees in line with hips, hips in line with your shoulders, heart elevated high, crown of your head lifting up to the sky. Did anybody ever take um, those elocution uh, classes? I can't remember, I can't pronounce it. The classes to be a proper lady. Etiquette, thank you. Yeah, etiquette, thank you, yes. Well, they used to have people put books on top, remember like My Fair Lady, and they'd have her walk around with a book and just, right? But I make kids do that with like their toys because so many people are stuck in computer body, right? That we're not aligning our truth. If we're doing this, we're not able to not only breathe properly, but we're protecting our heart and we're getting constipated in our bodies and our minds. So the idea of opening the chest and lengthening the top of the head and really breathing into our spine is gonna help us so much to really be standing in our truth and bring your best self to the, to the table, to the playground, right? Where you can really um, embody, your, um, empower your body and your mind. Um, I think they're great. Parents facility, they yeah. have themselves, but they all have the balls with little holders that are rollers. Yeah. Those are awesome. Remember, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV, right? But I've had like 20 years of experience watching people's bodies and working with people and seeing how things affect them. And I mean, I've had clients who are, you know, mommy and me classes where the kids like, through six months, and then you have, like, I had, my oldest student was 102, right? But we all need a fidget with it. So, you know those spinners and, and fidget widgets? This is really good for self-soothing. And that's the same reason why um, in schools they have chairs that just have a seat and then a rod and they just, the kids move around, but it helps them to stabilize their energetic uh, nervous system to help them calm down. So a lot of times when you're nervous, did you ever see that movie Made in Manhattan? With Ralph Fiennes, and he had that paper clip and he told the kid, when I'm nervous, I play with a paper clip in my pocket. But that's the same thing as a bouncing ball, ch chairs and stuff. It's a sensory integration practice, just like practicing yoga. By moving on that ball, you're more focused. By playing with something in your hand, and I use a lot of times, and now we're going into my props a little bit, but I use a lot of times in facilities a silly putty. And just have someone who's really nervous start using silly putty. And now, like at, um, at the end caps of places like Target or online, they have specific things just called fidget widgets, like all these gadgets, gadgets for sensory stuff. I think it's a great way to be settled within yourself. You can't be in Tadasana, right, if the inside is all like, oh, right, freaking out. 
It takes effort, you know, so yeah, I think those are great. That was a long-winded response, but yes. Um, another pose that I really like to do uh, is uh, to do, um, let me see if I can find it. Another pose that I really like to do is starfish pose. Want to do starfish with me? All right. Starfish is like you got scared. Oh, you know what it is, yeah. So you take and you open your arms really wide and you close them. Hands onto your lap. Now take and open your legs really wide and close them. All right, now like there's a big shark and you're really scared and you're gonna go, ah! <laughs> and close them. And then you can just do that a couple times. So you inhale and you get big, exhale to close. Inhale, get big, exhale to close. Inhale to open, exhale to close. Nice. Ah, see, you wanted to do some more. <laughs> okay, another thing that's really great to do with uh, thinking about that finger bending stuff that we were doing, the individual finger bending for fine motor skills and to help to keep arthritis at bay, um, playing the piano, right? So I have this hula hoop that I keep using and bringing out, but what's really interesting about this hula hoop is especially in facilities where um, their shoulders are getting uh, uh, hurt or they can't move as much as they want to, um, we do this uh, place, uh, you place one hand on top and the other hand um, on the inside of the circle and you would trace the circle. So now I'm doing dragonfly, but I have a piece here. This is, uh, I definitely do this for memory care friends. I do this for memory care a lot. And then what happens is if I bring the hoop in front of them and I say something and I create something different, like we're going to paint, people start going in circles because they get used to it, right? They, like, totally remember it. Um, so that's a good one. Another thing I like to do with um, is hand stuff is to, like, wash on, wash off, like you're painting your Picasso, your painting, whether you use the hoop or not, but you know, painting a fence, you can do a whole Huck Finn story, right? You can paint sideways. If you got karate kid people, you can talk about wash on, wash off. Um, and that, that stems into a little bit more of Qigong stuff. Does anybody practice Qigong or Tai Chi? Blah, blah, no? Qigong and Tai Chi is really, really awesome. Let's pat the bear. <laughs> okay, I like the F-bomb, which I'm not going to say because of our space, but one of my favorite things to do is to pat the bear when I'm feeling like crap, right? Um, we all get worried, anxious, stressed out. Life is very messy. And what's great about Pat the Bear is it's a sensory integration practice to let go. So just like, you know, moving the clouds like you would do for Tai Chi and different things, and what I was just doing with wipe on, wipe off, or be a painter, um, or faking playing the piano, these are sensory integration practices that shake off the excess and the toxicity, and it brings you back to center. 
So if you want to try patting the bear, just kind of stand up. You can do this seated, but we're all able-bodied, and this is fun. <laughs> all right, so let's take and open our arms up wide. Our feet are a little bit wider than frontal hip bone distance apart. We have some resiliency in our knees. Remember when we did the washer and the dryer? Feels like 10 days ago, but it's just this So let's take and open our arms wide, and instead of having our hands on our hips like washer and dryer, just sway from side to side. Yep, and we can incorporate that breath, or you can just find your own natural rhythm. And because you have that resiliency in the knees, you have a little bit of bounce in your step. <laughs> <laughs> Careful of your neighbor. Your poncho makes it look like a weird dance class. <laughs> All right, and now relax, and we're going to pat the bear. So you're going to take and you're going to bring your left hand. I'll mirror what you're doing, and you're going to tap your right shoulder and move down. Pat, 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 pat. And now clap your hands and tap underneath your right arm and your right arm and your chest with both hands like Tarzan and Jane, exactly. Woo! This is where we hold all our anxiety. Shoulders as you pat your belly. Pat your 
Keep your right hand down, reach your left arm up. And let's switch. Bring both hands down, your head hangs down. Place both hands to the chair, uh, to your knees, and slowly roll up. And if you are not seated, come back to a seated position. Pretty awesome, huh? <laughs> There's so many things in here that allows you to um, refresh your body and your mind. What I like to do at the beginning of each class and at the end of each class is to practice um, a spine twist and a side body stretch. So we did a lot of uh, di uh, different side body stretches. Let's do a twist. Take your right hand to this chair rail. Take your left hand outside of right leg and lengthen your torso as you twist to the right. Come on back to center and we'll go the other side. Right hand outside of left leg, left hand to the chair rail, inhale, lengthen, exhale, twist. Come on back to center, inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose, inhale your left arm up, take your left hand top of your head, I'm mirroring what you're doing. And let's do this side body stretch by bringing the elbow up and over. Come on back up, and the arm comes down. And then we'll switch, hand to the top of the head, elbow reaches up and over. Come on back to center, and the arm comes down. Big breath in through the nose. Good breath out through the mouth. It's a great way to kind of begin and end class <coughs> when you're teaching in a group setting. So I started talking about that body-brain connection and the importance of alignment. Let's go a little bit deeper into the idea of alignment as we're sitting right here. Um, Actually, I'm going to make you stand up if you don't mind. There is something called penguin pose, which works really well. So if you're standing up nice and tall and in alignment, this will be a fine. But just like that pinched nerve that we think you might have had in your neck or your shoulders, um, this is a great way to broaden your chest cavity, not only for a deeper breath, but to feel your shoulders melt back into your pockets. Our shoulders are these beautiful triangular bl uh, blades in your body and bones in your body. You have lots of triangles in your body. Three-pointed things are very big in a lot of cultures and a lot of religious iconography. But our shoulder blades are really fascinating. Shrug your right shoulder up, back, and down. Because your shoulder is supposed to fit in your back pocket. 
Let's try it on the left side. Shrug your shoulder up, back, and down. It elevates your headlights, but it allows you <laughs> it allows you to create more space in your chest, which gives you more ability for a, bit, a deeper breath, because your lung capacity gets bigger. Your diaphragm can move a little bit better, right? Another thing that helps you do that, if you don't feel it like if you feel heavy and you don't want to shrug shoulders up, back, and down, take your hands by your sides and let's press our hands back. Feel that? What are you feeling? Stretching. A stretch. Shoulders back. Do you feel your belly getting stronger? I do. I feel my belly is doing most of the work. <laughs> oh. And relax. So that's a great way, even if you're seated, that you can get your residents to create more space in the body and the mind. <clears throat> so what's interesting about that penguin pose, it really helps you to teach yourself how to take a breath, calm your mind, and build energy. And that will last you for the rest of the day. But when you're really tight or when you're not in alignment, what happens is, is that you're like overexerting yourself. You're working too hard. Life should be pretty effortless. But when you're disconnected, you're trying to make all of these connections. And it's really super hard. Um, Tadasana affects the central nervous system. And I like to tell kids and adults that your feet set the alignment and create a grounded sensation because balance is your superpower. Sound good? I like superpowers. I think we're all superpowered machines and all we're doing is our inhales and the exhales are the pistons of our engine. Right? They keep us going. That's why sleep and water are so important because they help us to function properly. Um, the spine is really interesting because it's a super highway of our human machine that leads to our brain. And what I like to tell people is that yoga literally recalibrates the neurotransmitters in our mind. So there's something really huge that happens when you practice yoga. Um, there's neuroplasticity, right? We've heard of that. And we've heard of the saying, you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Right? Well, I don't believe that. Um, that person might be a stubborn mofo, right? But the thing is, is that the um, thing is, is that if we have neuroplasticity, our muscles are driven by our brain, and our brain is driven by muscles. So when the more we move, the more brain cells we build and regenerate. That's a really huge thing. So the more we practice these sensory integration practices, even if they're simple, even if they're for five minutes a day, even if it's just a breathing exercise, we're helping our residents and the, our loved ones and the people that, um, you know, who are able-bodied or disabled-bodied to, to find their center and to keep their brain really highly functioning. There was a statistic I was just reading um, that I just repeated like a week ago, and I'm not going to get it right, but 
If you practice yoga and mindfulness practices, and mindfulness practices, praying is a mindfulness practice. It's a, it's a form of meditation, right? So there's all different ways to, to, be, to do mindfulness practices. But they can literally, because they're helping the cells regenerate in your body, they can literally turn back the hands of time so that your body's clock, you could look 10 years younger than you actually do because you're so calm and your nerves are functioning properly and your body's really in this space of health and happiness. It's pretty awesome. I truly believe that and now science is proving things that yogis knew so far, long ago. So yogis used to watch like animals move or like um, mountains or inanimate objects and everything grew upward, right? Like mountains can get eroded by, the soil can get eroded by the rivers going around it, but they're still standing up tall and moving upward. Plants, when the suns come out, they move upward, right? They grow up towards the power. And what yogis realized through all of this um, is that we're, it was all about the health and healing of tapping into your life force energy, your prana. And solar plexus, I don't think it's called solar plexus just to like be like, oh, we just decided to name it that. What's solar refer to? The sun, right? And energy and power. So yogis learned by watching inanimate objects and practicing and really sitting with their breath that forward folds regulate your systems and your autonomic relaxation response. So it automatically turns on your um, parasympathetic nervous system, which is super cool. As I mentioned this morning, our ganglion of nerves at the base of our spine goes all the way up to our brain. So if we started breathing from this region, right, and if someone took the brain out of your body, it doesn't stop like most people think your brain stops in your um, cranium. It just stops in your skull. But our brain goes all the way down to your solar plexus. Your central nervous system is an amazing tool to help you stay healthy and strong. So these yogis watched forward folds that helped you to turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. It sends fresh um, oxygen to your brain, which alters your hormone levels because your endocrine system is along the um, spine. The forward folds affect the cervical and lumbar spine. Does anybody have any like uh, bad back problems? Right? Anybody have any um, challenges with um, like feeling so busy in your mind that you just can't calm down, right? That's why forward folds are so important. They just let you kind of relax into it. Balancing poses literally are all about what you stand for, how this, um, it's helping you to increase focus. It's helping you to rise up to your best self. It's helping you really be centered within your body-mind connection. So that's why so many balancing poses that we did today really helped you to um, be, um, uh, nurture yourself into a space of steadiness. I love twisting poses. We did some twisting poses today. They help your adrenals and your kidneys, and they strengthen your spine and literally wash out your body's um, system. So, like, if you're constipated, do a twist. 
If you're anxious, you can just do a twist, and that'll really help you reframe your mind and reset your perspectives. And then back bends, which is like our cat cows that we did a lot of, those cat cows help you to stimulate the central nervous system. They release shoulder tension. And when you do heart openers like back bends, they help you to decrease your fight or flight reaction during challenging situations. It's kind of very interesting. So thinking about pulling your um, spine out, which would be kind of gross, but we're not gonna do it. But imagine that your forearm is your spine, right? And your hand is your brain. Well, one thing that's really interesting is that most of us are running around uh, all day long just trying to get crap done, right? And then we like flip our lids and we're like um, just chasing our own tails. If we can get our central nervous system to work, if we can get our mind and our body to work together, then we're out of our um, uh, fight or flight, our animal brain, right? So your animal brain is like, that is the cold stuff. That's the, where we're kind of um, uh, in that space of uh, fight, flight, food, F, other F words you can think of. But those are the things, it's just like we just have to function, we're just gonna get it done. But when you get up into your prefrontal cortex, then you're not flipping your lid and running around like your hair's on fire, but it allows you to tap into your prefrontal power where you're in the zone of your life, right? So how many of you like to cook? How many of you like to paint? How many of you like to dance, right? Um, whatever your passion is, whether it's running or taking a workout class with your friends or playing bridge, if you ever feel like when you're doing one of your favorite things, you're in the zone, that's when your spine is in alignment. That's when you're in Tadasana. That's when you're really in your greatest space of power where a magical stuff can happen. And um, that's a really, really huge thing because when we're working with that idea of that fight or flight, if we're in that hot zone where the amygdala is, and we're like um, in that fight or flight or freeze, um, all we're doing is pumping cortisol through our body and panic through our body. Now I'm not saying that there's not good kinds of stress, there's eustress, like if you're playing tag in the playground and someone's chasing you, yeah, cortisol is going to go around, but you're playing a game, right? But there's also bad cortisol that runs through your body that creates muffin top, that um, makes you kind of uh, sad, that um, doesn't keep you as a, a healthy, functioning human machine. Oh, there's someone else. Um, the thing we're really focusing on is getting into that prefrontal cortex and in that space, that's where we think and store memories and we have um, uh, clear thinking, planning. We like to call that the like, CEO of your brain. The cool thing is, is that if your prefrontal cortex isn't fully formed until you're 26 years old. So like for those of us who think we're 10 years old, we still can change and not always be living from fight, flight, or freeze. 
but move into a space of calm, connected, and like doing our best work if we can really uh, condition uh, our body-mind. One thing that's really, really important that what we're doing is that everything that we're working on in yoga, um, it is a habitual practice. Practice is progress. We have to continually work on being really present so we can wake up and enjoy our life. I like to tell people that like, even though it seems like a movement practice, um, yoga is a mind exercise that helps you to cultivate seeds of mindfulness and optimism and so you can um, get rid of fear, anxiety, and pain and literally let go delightfully so you can be your best self. I have one thing I would like to do because we're all kind of getting sleepy and I'm seeing all of you be like, this is interesting. <laughs> I want to hear it. So let's all stand up for a second. And uh, if you don't want to uh, do partner work, if you don't have to do partner work, just tell me um, when we start and I'll, I'll put someone else in your place. If you two be partners, um, you two be partners, you two be partners, and you two be partners. And let's just keep going along. So two and two and find a partner. Some of you work with me before.
What's really cool about our autonomic nervous system, which is your sympathetic and parasympathetic, is that um, it's where your wandering nerve or the vagus nerve, and it's not Las Vegas, it's V-A-G-U-S nerve, that's where it lives. And it literally helps you to decrease depression and anxiety, and it lifts your mood, and gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling like a hug. How many of you um, are a mouth breather? Okay, mouth breathing is awesome, but not what we're trying to do when we're teaching people how to breathe. We're trying to teach people how to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose, because, excuse me, I just belched, that was, I apologize. I did, it felt really good. Okay, but um, it, um, this nerve, um, when you breathe in and out through your nose, it calms your body down and it sends serotonin in through your body. And when you breathe in and out through your mouth, it has a tendency to promote cortisol production. And that's not what we want, right? When our body's in a constant state of fight or flight, that really can mess us up. And we want to strengthen our prefrontal cortex and get into that prefrontal power because that's our executive center. That's that space where we get into a place of calm and connected experiences in life, right? So breathing in and out through the nose for our residents is really, really huge. And one thing I forgot to ask for was a Kleenex box. So what I would love to do is if we have a Kleenex box and we have a Kleenex for everyone, we'll talk a little bit deeper about that um, breathing in and out through the nose. Sure. So everybody grab a napkin. We'll pass them out. And I'll just tell you in summary of really what I think about for this um, idea of being in your free prefrontal power. When we are um, freaked out, when we're stressed out, when we're breathing through our mouth, it affects the limbic system, and that's all about fear, right? And when we're in that constant state of fear, that part of our brain brings us into, uh, and then unroll your napkin so that it's that thin tissue. So open it up as much as you can. When we get into that space or that part of our brain where we're negativizing or ruminating or making ourselves really in a bad place, that's not really helping us. It doesn't serve us, right? What we need to do is change the relationship to our thoughts. And that's what yoga is all about. Yoga and meditation shake us awake so we enjoy life. Thoughts and thinking are really our problems in our mind. And what I'm trying to teach you today is how to empower your body-mind connection and really realize that those stories that you tell yourself, those patterns that you get stuck in that are negative, they're not really true. And we need to see ourselves as our best self. And yoga, and calming, yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind. That's why all of these poses that moves our body in six directions was created. Um, when we have this body-brain connection, our breath work and our movements 
allow our central nervous system to integrate the left and the right hemispheres of the mind, and it allows ourselves to be more self-aware. And when we're more self-aware, then we have that really awesome prefrontal power, and we're not diving off the deep end into OF, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and all of that stuff, right? And when you become more proactive in your experience in life and less reactive, that's when you're really integrated. And you can go from this bad drama stuff to be aligned in purpose with meaning and value in your life and be the best person that you can be. So I always like to think of yoga, even though it's a breathing and a movement and a meditation practice, but yoga is like the um, art of looking and letting go delightfully. So you can find freedom from fear and enjoy life's ever-changing adventures. There's the violin again. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start off our little breathing fun segment by taking our uh, napkin, which is like a Kleenex, and I like to do this with residents because what does it look like? Sheets in the wind or a curtain moving, right? So this is a fascinating thing. If you don't have napkins, you can take one hand in front of your face, about a hand's width away, and you can like fog up a mirror. But I like this because this is visual and you can see it. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the mouth and make the curtain move. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the mouth and make the curtain move. Okay, breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the nose and make the curtain move. Breathe in through the nose. Breathe out through the nose and make the curtain move. And it wiggled, it jiggled. Right? It's hard, isn't it? Okay, other than the fact that it makes you feel like you have boogies, <laughs> what did you notice or observe when you breathed in and out through the nostrils? My nose taller. Yes, breathe tall and wide, yes? What else did you notice? I moved a lot more. Your curtain moved more when you breathed out through your mouth. No, my nose. Your nose? Really? Impressive. That's good. Nostril breathing is so important to literally amp down the sounds of negativism or ruminating thoughts or in all that anxiety that we have, all that worry. If we can learn how to breathe in and out through our nose, it's amazing. And when we're pumping people up with meds or um, they don't see a lot of people or don't have a lot of interpersonal contact, to teach them how to breathe is such a great self-soothing tool. Like those uh, ball chairs, like a fidget widgets, like squeezing silly putty. They're huge tools. <coughs> so I like to use that as an example. Another thing that works really well in this process for breathing did you know that our breathing is um, the only system in our body that works voluntary and involuntary? 
We only have a couple jobs to do on this planet, other than being a good human. Right? But there's a, a story that I like to tell that's recorded on some of my um, uh, podcasts, but the idea of if your mind went somewhere, or your hearing went somewhere, or your voice went somewhere, that's fine. You can still function, right? But if your breathing goes somewhere, none of those things work at all, right? So we really need to teach ourselves how to reacquaint ourselves with our breath. The entire time that you're practicing movement practices isn't really to be like, oh, I want the hero's physique and I gotta get a really cute ass and I need to work on my biceps because it's gonna make my life so much better. No, we're teaching ourselves, I know it sounds funny, but we're teaching ourselves how to breathe. Because if we don't breathe, we're screwed. And if we don't breathe deep, conscious, active breaths, we can't really give ourselves um, the ability to power our superhuman machine. So if you teach a class and you don't have that much time to your residents, you could do one breathing exercise and three movements and a visualization or a body scan and you're set. You could do 15 minutes every day, or one breathing exercise every day, and that's more powerful than you can ever imagine. It might, not, it might seem really simplistic and not important when you're doing it, but it's so powerful and so effective. The go-to breath that I always like to do is that three-part breath. We learned that this morning, breathing belly, lungs, and ribs, and ribs, lungs, and belly. And just, you can see people's tension roll off their body and their stress literally fall to the floor when they do this. Another thing that I really like to do is um, those balloon breaths, which I showed you, where you can um, bring your hands in front of your chest, inhale to reach up and out, exhale hands to your heart. That's drawing in that positivity and that lightness and if you have something to go and you need to let it go, inhale, reach your arms up high overhead. Exhale, part the air around your body, almost like an erupting volcano, and then bring your hands back in front of your heart. <laughs> something that's really fun to do is feather passing. If you have any props, but to pass feathers is really fun. Um, I like, and I gave you all some Kleenex, uh, some uh, cotton balls and straws. One thing that's really fun to do is to uh, teach people how to exhale by just blowing the cotton balls around with the straw. Almost like a game where you can pass it to your friend. Yeah, you can play pass to your friends. Yeah. So we have cotton ball races 
It's at your So that vagus nerve that I was talking about starts at the back of your head and it wraps down all the way to your tummy. And I know that I had mentioned it this morning, but the idea of when your mind is calm, your tummy is calm, right? <laughs> when your mind is agitated, a lot of times the tummy is agitated. There is definitely a connection uh, between um, the, um, the uh, power of your brain and how it affects your stomach. And that's interesting that now science knows that the vagus nerve ends at the tummy to uh, kind of complement what yogis have been thinking about for thousands of years, that if you do deep diaphragmatic breathing, you're going to be more calm and connected. They call the stomach the second brain now in science journals, and there's a lot of articles on it. So it's a very interesting um, phenomenon. Animal noises are super fun to do, and they help um, when you vocalize the breath, it helps to engage the vagus nerve and calms the parasympathetic nervous system. So let's say um, something as simple as a smile. It's a first sign of empathy, but when you smile, it triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. It is, allows your jaw to um, create space and somehow triggers your body to automatically calm down. And what's interesting is, have you ever heard of mirror neurons? Mirror neurons is like if I smile, then you start smiling, right? It's like uh, something that is a trigger mechanism in other people. Um, if you yawn, you trigger the vagus nerve to calm your body down. So a lot of times we do something called a lion's roar because when you open your mouth and vocalize and roar like a lion, it calms you down and get stuff off your chest. Ready to try it? Okay, so we're gonna roar like a lion and you're gonna stick out your tongue and you're gonna go, ah. Right? Another thing that's really fun is to howl like a wolf.
right? You can just start around to that and just keep having people go oofta ifta ifta, oofta ifta ifta, and then you just start kind of like laughing. But you're exhaling as you do it. So it's just a process. It's just a practice. We did our doggy breaths where we panted like a puppy, um, but you can also do sniff like a bunny. So you're breathing through the nose and you do the same thing. Stick out your tongue and pant like a puppy. Okay, now pull your tongue in, shut your trap, and do a bunny breath. Anybody feeling warmer? You can stop now, but you feel, you feel getting warmer from doing that. Bunny breaths are great to help you. If you feel really tired, don't do it before bed. But we can, you do ego eradicator. And you breathe from your belly. Every exhale, your belly presses back. Want to try it? You're on the clock for 30 seconds. You want to do it for 30 seconds? All right. So this is better than a cup of coffee. <laughs> it is, I swear. Okay, your belly's nice and relaxed. Heart is open. Keep your arms up high. Don't bend your elbows. You can do this. Let's begin. Okay, now keep your arms up, close your eyes, come to a normal breath. Straighten your arms, you can do it. Try and touch your thumbs together without looking. And then relax your arms down. So that is very energizing. They call it skull shining breath because it literally starts to wake up your entire body. Now remember, if your energy right, your body is illuminated. Your body is very bright. It's, you're very charismatic, but a lot of times we dull ourselves, right? Because we're not breathing properly. We might not be maybe eating the right foods, but your body's just energy. And you have that like, look about you when you really are present in your element, in the zone of your life. So when you do that skull shining breath, it creates more space. <laughs> they say that he did yoga. They did. It's in the philosophical text. So, But let's see. Um, how about trying whale breath, kumbhaka? Want to try that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're not going to spray anything, but we have a spout, right? So we're going to fake a whale noise, and we're going to inhale and breathe in, and exhale. Woo! 
Okay, but kind of tagging along that, there's something called alternate nostril breathing, which I do every morning because every 90 to 120 minutes, your breathing changes nostrils. I had told you that this morning. But when you do alternate nostril breathing, it wakes up your mind by engaging the right and left hemisphere so you kind of start your day off on the right foot. And for me, it's become a habitual practice. But um, what I like to do with uh, people who are just starting alternate nostril breathing because there's a certain hand position that you do, um, what I like to do is just do it like a dolphin breath. So let's do a dolphin breath and open your arms up wide with your pointer fingers extending out. Okay? Plug up your right nostril. Exhale through the left nostril. Inhale, breathe in through the left nostril. Plug it up. Exhale through the right. Inhale through the right. Plug it up. Exhale through the left. Inhale through the left. Plug it up. Exhale through the right. Inhale through the right. Plug it up. Exhale through the left. Inhale through the left. Plug it up. Exhale through the right. And then just relax. Oh, I got those boogie Kleenexes again. I take my thumb, left, my right thumb, plug up oh, the nostril, two peace signs here, and then I exhale, inhale, plug, exhale, inhale, plug. And it's alternate nostril breathing. I have handouts on that and um, PDF files on that I can share with you guys. But yogis, in the yogic philosophical texts, movement was not mentioned that often. It was less than six times. And most of the practices were about right living. Like, uh, you know, take a shower, be kind to your neighbor, uh, practice harnessing the pure potentiality of the breath, right? Yoga is consciousness coming into you. And it, so it talk about Kriya, the action of yoga, more than it did like the movements. So breathing is really important. So yeah, that, that's the initial morning practice. So um, in, when people were learning about yoga, they always ended their practice with alternate nostril breathing. Another thing I like to do with people is just counting the breath. So let's try and do the counting of the breath. Uh, let's try to do one where we take and open our um, fingers nice and wide. And as we open our fingers nice and wide, I'm going to, I'm just making sure I didn't skip anything as we've been all talking. All right, we're gonna take and put our thumb towards our mouth. And then wiggle your fingers. 
And now take and make your hand into a fist like you're sucking your thumb. Okay, inhale, breathe in. Exhale, breathe out, blow on your thumb. And you just lit a candle. So your index finger pops up. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, breathe out through your mouth. And your middle finger just blew up. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, breathe out through your mouth. And your ring finger just blew up. Not blew up, but came up. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale through your pinky finger. And it pops up. And then let your hand relax. So that's one easy way to count your breath. Another way I like to do is to count the breath um, by telling people to take a, have it, it's time for a take five. So your hand can be used to count. Take your um, right hand and point your pointer finger up, and your left hand have your five fingers extended out. And almost like a little tracing your fingers like it's a choo-choo train, you inhale up the side of the thumb, and you exhale down the inside of the thumb. Inhaling up the index finger, exhaling down. Inhaling up, exhaling down. Inhaling up, exhaling down. Inhaling up, exhaling down. And if it's been a really poopy day, you go back the other direction again. But you create the pace and the cadence and the rhythm to match your inner metronome so that you start to slow down and relax. All this stuff that we're doing are focusing and awareness practices. We're just trying to wake ourselves up to the present moment, right? Um, another counting one that I like to do is say that the pad of your hand or the palm of your hand is a um, square. You could inhale up one side, exhale across. Inhale up, exhale across. Inhale up, exhale across. Inhaling down, exhaling across. So you're just literally like you're going on a square. You can also do that with people and they can trace their hands, but you can just count. Inhale for one, two, three, four. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Inhale for one, two, three, four. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Palmer already in here. Uh, if you have a metronome, you can also have that and turn it on and just have that as kind of the rhythm. Uh, uh, another thing that I have in my toolkit is a, a chime. And I apologize, I left it in my car. But you have a chime and you hit the chime and then it's a paying attention practice, so when they don't hear the chime anymore, you raise your hand. And what's interesting about that is, is that that 
literally teaches you that listening and just tuning into the moment is an awareness practice. So like you could have whether, I don't know, some of you know what a singing bowl is or if you have any like musical instruments and stuff like that, you just could even like shake, 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 shake maracas and then freeze and then take a couple deep breaths and all they're doing is breathing and relaxing and then shake, 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 shake maracas and freeze, you know, if you have that for your music, music classes and stuff like that. But the chime works really well because it has this resonance and this sound that goes for a long time. And online they're called Zenergy Chimes. And it's just a little uh, metal bar in a wooden base. And the metal bar kind of floats there on these two little pins. And when you hit it, it makes a chime. And it works really well. Another um, uh, uh, practice for breathing practice, I like to have people feel their pulse. Now, in mudra practice, when I was talking about mudras, how mudras last in your body for six hours, and a yoga practice energetically lasts in your body for 24 hours on your on nervous system and your neurological pathways, one of the things that's great about mudras, like say, touch your thumb and index finger together. Let the rest of the three fingers just reach out. Plant the palm of your hand facing up and just let your hand relax on your lap. You'll start to feel your own pulse. So pulse awareness is a great way to calm down an anxious person. If you don't feel pulse, we'll call the doctor. <laughs> if you're really cold, sometimes you can't feel your pulse, but this is a great way for self-soothing. Another thing that's also really interesting to do and try with your residents is to take a hand to the wrist and have them feel the pulse in their arm for a minute. So you start a timer and you see how many, they, they, they count how many pulses in a minute that they feel. Now they might forget and it might just go, you know, into more of just a being present practice, but for a minute to be quiet and try and count your pulse and the rhythm of the pulse is a really great uh, self-soothing practice. What I think that's so great about breathing is your breath shows you that there's beauty inside and outside of yourself. And every day we breathe automatically without even thinking. But our yoga practice and these breathing things that I'm teaching you, it's, we're starting to really teach how we can voluntarily start to use our breath to heal. And breathing is so transformative. Um, like eating, our breath offers us the power and energy to live. By improving our breathing, we can enhance our physical, mental, and emotional well-being for our lifetime. 
Um, another thing that's really great about the breathing practice is that it gives you the can-do attitude or it gives you a sense of optimism or a sunny disposition because when we are um, in that space of breathing, we light up the prefrontal cortex. So if we're breathing properly in and out through the nose or playing some of these breathing exercises, it teaches us how to pay attention without judgment. And in turn, when we don't judge ourselves and we get out of that space of negativity, we find optimism. And uh, there's just so many interesting things about how our breathing can heal us. Uh, science is now proving that um, anxiety, OCD, um, ADD, ADHD, asthma, diabetes, PTSD, um, all these things are helping, uh, the breathing is helping heal those uh, health challenges. And we're normalizing our blood pressure and we're getting more oxygen into our blood as we alter our state of mind. And that vagus nerve that I was talking about, it secretes a, a substance uh, that's a hormone that helps to lower the heart rate. So all of these breathing exercises, when you lower your heart rate, you get into that space of calm and connected. And the final breathing thing that I think I will show you is uh, uh, one that's uh, called sitali. Uh, sitali is a breath that's called a cooling breath for people who get overheated or a little bit um, stressed out or uh, are going through uh, menopause or are so wound up that they can't calm down. These straws are really good because you can breathe in and out through them, and it slows the breathing time. But sitali is almost like breathing through a straw if you don't have one, and you make your lips like you're saying prunes. And then you breathe in through the mouth. Feel the cooling, and breathe out through the mouth. Breathe in. and breathe out. So sitali is called the cooling breath. And the balloon is a great breathing practice to help you to just really notice how we need to exhale. So everybody can <laughs> grab their balloon Balloons help as a prop. It's kind of hard because I don't know, some people have latex issues, but balloons help you to create that uh, clarity in your mind and some calmness. Because don't buy the balloons that are the water balloons because they're hard to blow up. But inhale and breathe in. And exhale and breathe out and try and blow up your balloon. 
Inhale, breathe in. And exhale, blow out the balloon. And who doesn't need a good laugh, right? your favorite color and that works really well. Do you do much with the Roman Yeah, so I have props. That's another thing that is listed in the manual. Um, other props that I have out here to show you is balls, like plain pass back and forth and back and forth. Um, I use the hoop the same way. This is a sensory integration practice, right? Just trying to play catch right to left, right to left. This really helps to keep that inner spark. Um, I use those squeezy stress balls and have them each. So they'll do one, two, three, and then they'll pass it to the other hand and squeeze one, two, three, and then they'll pass it to the next person. Um, I have, um, anybody ever played silent ball? These are at like Walgreens right now. Um, these are really good. This is a sensory practice, just like a fidget widget. Um, it looks a little dirty, but they really like it and it makes them laugh. Try not to get anything with a sparkle in it. Um, because those lights can cause strokes, right? So we don't want that. But um, this is like you play catch and it's softer than some of those um, hard plastic balls that we buy to play catch with. I do like essential oils and aromatherapy, and I really believe in the power of um, uh, how, how positive they are in elevating someone's mood. Um, one thing is just like with little kids and with the elderly, our skin can get so sensitive. So because our skin can get so sensitive, uh, I take a yogurt container, cut a hole in the top uh, so the scent can come through, but it still uses itself as a container. And I put the cotton balls in here and I permeate them with scent. And this becomes another paying attention practice. When I teach, Either the students are in a semi-circle uh, or we're in a big circle. And then <coughs> we would use the scent practice and we would inhale and we'd be really quiet and we'd smell it, whatever, pass it on to the next person. It would go around the whole circle, but we're completely quiet the entire time. And it's a paying attention and awareness practice and just quiet time. And then after, when it lands at the uh, uh, activities director, then, or the nurse, or the caretaker, or the provider, um, whoever is in charge, um, then we talk about, like, what did it smell like? What did it make you think about? How did it feel, uh, you know, uh, when you were smelling it? 
and some people will go like, oh, that was gross. And other people will be like, oh, I felt like I was in my backyard with the lemon trees. You know, but it's a great sense practice. You know, yoga allows you to be more integrated and whole. So we have five senses, but then there's that sixth sense of intuition and uh, higher states of consciousness that we can get into. And so I think this really helps to uh, be a whole, make you a whole person. And then smells, like some of you do know, um, each one evokes a different feeling. So say your class or your group is really wound up that day and they're like super agitated, then you want to give them like something calming, like lavender. But if everybody's really sleepy and depressed because the weather's grody outside, then you want to give them something that'll like really perk them up, like a, a, like a lemon or a zesty kind of a thing. So each scent has a different effect uh, on our olfactory glands, which trigger our brain. Yeah. Did Sleepy Sleepy Town come to see you? <laughs> All right. One thing that I like a lot, um, and this is in the book too, there's like different kinds of modalities. You know, go to the um, local... Um, get all your friends yogurt cans or you can go to like your favorite restaurant that has packages of uh, you know gives food in plastic containers and you can do the drumming stuff scarf-tastic um, you can do um, uh, buying things at Michael's I like to because right and left sometimes gets hard as we get older we can't remember so lift the red arm up Lift the green arm up. That works really well. Something that they can't eat. Um, uh, another thing that I really like is, this is called a Hoberman sphere. It's used a lot with kids. It's actually a mathematical equation. Um, so it was actually created for a math thing and turned into this big breathing sphere that people use. Um, but this is a great way. Um, people, especially in memory care, think that this is a um, Christmas ornament. It's so pretty, and they like playing with it. But every inhale and every exhale, it moves. And then you can pass it around, and then each person can teach a breath. Inhale, exhale. And it's really actually quite entertaining and very helpful. And they come in big, huge sizes and little sizes. But they work really well called a Hoberman sphere. Um, yeah. The other thing that the manual discusses that I really believe in it a lot is that um, meditation, visualization, mantra, and toning. And mantra and toning is like positive intentions, affirmations, just things that allow you to uh, have a positive disposition. Because when we are not our thoughts, but we can change the way that we think, which in turn changes how we feel, that's really, really important. And then when we feel good, our body mind are really connected and we're empowered to be our best person. Um, but meditation and visualization is so huge 
um, because it gives you an opportunity to, uh, on a, a physiological and a psychological level, to uh, be more present and engaged. And so I do a lot of that stuff. And in this manual, some of those body scans and things are in here. And what else can I tell you? You guys are awesome. You're amazing. Uh, in the manual, they all, I also have tons of different class examples and tons of different themes and intentions for it. The most important thing um, before we do our final visualization with each other and then kind of wrap it up, each one of us are going to do one little thing. But what I wanted to have you all remember is that, um, do you remember that Simon and Garfunkel song that was called 59th Street Bridge, but it was slow down, you move too fast? You got to make the moment last now. Because I like to feel groovy, right? I like groovy. I'm like such a hippie. It's really scary. But OK, you want to take time to breathe and to be and to meditate. And when you give yourself even just five minutes, you can find positivity in your day so that everything runs smoothly. I would like to end by everyone once again reframing their brain and relaxing in their seat. So maybe close your eyes, place both feet on the ground. They just solved the world's problems out there. Um, now they're back to enjoy. I do this a lot with people. This is one of my favorite visualizations, but it's a really great way to get to your heart center. And it is a labyrinth visualization, and a labyrinth is a form of a maze. But it's not a maze you get stuck in, the labyrinth you come out of with a new perspective and new insight. Feel yourself relaxing in your seat. Feel the breath moving in and out through your nostrils. And feel the happy hormone of serotonin moving through your body like you just had your favorite sweet treat. And as you start to really listen and relax, inhaling and exhaling, A deep breath in and an honest and calm breath out, like a sigh of relief. Feel every cell in your body completely letting go delightfully. And continuing this breath, We'll just visualize ourselves walking slowly through a labyrinth, step by step, making our way through this space. Your labyrinth could be made of sand and rocks, tall, luscious trees, flowers in a garden,
But whatever and wherever your labyrinth is, make it your own personal sacred space. The space that's inside all of us. In your heart, where your truth resides. And as you make each turn in your labyrinth, imagine that you are shedding your worldly attachments. One by one, thought by thought, they roll off your body. Continuing on, more space and more ease, moving through your body, opening your heart, so that at the next bend and you, as you reach the center of your maze, you really feel the sensation of being purified and renewed. And with this calm body, listen to your breath and embrace the stillness. The spaciousness of this area that you have created. Maybe you're going to sit down in your labyrinth. Maybe you're going to sit on a swing. Or maybe you're going to lay down. But enjoy where you're at. as you stay here with your breath and find your balance. Inhaling and exhaling. The ground is supportive and holding you. You notice and feel the sensations of the space between your clothes and your skin. And you feel your chest rise and fall with the breath. Shoulders relaxing as you allow the weight of the world to roll off of them. Truly just listening and being. Explore the space between your ears as your mind is peaceful. Your tongue and your teeth even soften as the words have finally left your body. Your eyebrows start to relax and the expression on your face softens. Sense the mindfulness in your heart as you experience the positive and powerful feeling of you. And as you feel yourself begin to get ready to retrace your steps to rejoin the world, visualize that you're walking back out of your labyrinth. 
But now every cell of your body is peaceful, rejuvenated, and pure awareness is coursing through your veins. And as you exit the maze, you feel how you've let go delightfully so that you can be your best self. Start to slowly wiggle your fingers and your toes as your eyes stay closed. Placing your hands in front of your chest, begin to rub your palms together, vigorously creating some heat. Place the warmth of your hands over your closed eyes. And as you feel the energy in your cells and the gratitude in your heart and the peace in your bones, begin to release your hands from your closed eyes as you open them to a whole new moment and a strong spirit. Very good, very good, yay! <laughs> so what I would love to do before you all exit uh, is that each one of you um, said one word that either encapsulated how you're feeling or what you learned or you can say a sentence if you want to, but just kind of like a little bit of a comment about how you uh, experienced today's workshop. Yeah, like yeah, like we checked in. Sure. Uh, it was grounding. Grounding. Sweet. Eye opening. check and really go in with a positive frame of mind. It's a, it's a conditioned response. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Thank you. What do you think? It relieved a lot of pain. Awesome. Connecting. Fantastic. Relaxing. Relaxing, I love it. Breathing. 
Breathe. Thank you. My favorite word in the whole universe. Anybody got a word back there? Good refreshing. Invigorating? All right. Enlightening. That's why I say you got to enlighten up. <laughs> Refreshing. Oh, encouraging. Great. Now that you guys are master breathing instructors. That's what I thought your title was. It's awesome. Enlightening. Inspiring. Made me excited. Bring back. I don't know. That's Good. great. Good. I actually had a headache all day, and after doing the bear pat, my headache's gone. Woo! <laughs> Good. I thought that song was Yes. That's a good reminder. Yeah. Thank you. Enlighten me. That's great. Personal growth. That's a good one. Calming. Calming. And giggles. You're my giggle friend. <laughs> Uplifting. Breathe. Nice. Educational. Thank you. Slowing down. I like that. Interesting. Good. Center. Wow. Well, thank you so, so much. So, um, does anybody know what the word namaste means? Right? So that's Anjali Mudra, this position in your hand. This is consciousness coming into you or words falling down from heaven. Um, but to me, when you put your hands together, it reminds me that your balance is your superpower. And then namaste or namaskar um, is, uh, to me, the light in me honors the light in you. For thank so thank you for being my teachers. Namaste. namaste.